Hi Sharp Scratch listeners, I hope you're all doing okay. This is just a quick message before we start the show that uh, this episode of Sharp Scratch was recorded before all of the uncertainties surrounding the COVID-19 outbreak. So we thought we'd put it out anyway. It's quite a fun episode, um, so we hope it gives you a laugh in these uncertain times. Stay safe, everyone. Today on Sharp Scratch, you'll learn what can be found in Declan's man bag. Why you should avoid a pink shirt. And which shoes are worse, the ones that go clippy-clop or the ones that go squeaky-squeak? You're listening to Sharp Scratch, episode 24, What to Wear on the Wards. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we talk about all the things you want to know to be a good doctor, but that they might not teach you at medical school. I'm Anna, and I'm a final year medical student at King's, and I'm also the editorial scholar here at the BMJ. And I'm here today in the studio with our lovely panel members, Declan and Laura. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Declan. I'm a foundation year one doctor up in the north of England. And I haven't done one of these for a while. Actually, yeah, so it's I, been, I was going to say, I, I have scripted again. in to have some um, introductory of... banter with yeah. you. So It's really good to see you again, oh, Declan. It's, it's lovely it's to see you guys It's been a long time. Too. Yep, looking very smart in your stripy shirt. Oh, thank you very much. How is being a doctor? <laughs> is it going okay? It's, it's going all right, yeah. Yeah, ups and downs, but, but yeah, surviving. Is it worth it? Is it worth finishing med school for? Oh my god, this is way too early for this kind of. Uh, <laughs> just we, introduce we have yourself, Larry. <laughs> laughing in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, here, bringing the deep questions nice and early. Yeah. I'm Laura, uh, and I'm a med student, at, a fifth year med student at the University of Cambridge. Um, and I've come here after a morning of lectures about obesity and malnutrition, with the malnutrition in brackets. I don't know why that was important, but. Um, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Ready for some podcasting. And we are absolutely delighted to also be joined in the studio by our expert guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Davina Maru. I'm a GP trainee based in Greenwich, South East London, the nice green side of London. Um, I'm also the Medical Women's Federation rep for the London region. Um, as a GP trainee, I've worked in various clinical settings from hospital to GP settings, community areas, out of hours. So I've had good experience in making sure my wardrobe is set for these different areas. Awesome. Well, we're very excited as well. Well, I'm very excited. I can't really uh, attest to that. excited. <laughs> so today is the first of two episodes um, which kind of go together a little bit. So we're going to be talking about... Um, appearance in medicine basically and as you guys know we usually try and combine practical tips with slightly more sort of intangible debate Um, so today we're going to be focusing on practical and in two weeks time we'll be talking a little bit more about um, identity in medicine and how you bring in your own identity with what you wear and how you look in in medicine Um, but today we're going to be talking what to wear on the wards so to start off, I wondered if any of you had ever had any placement-related or work-related fashion disasters. Do I have to tell you about my trousers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Laura because I just I, I feel like <sighs> Laura might have a story. Just looking at Laura, you feel there must be some fashion disasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just hoping your trousers are doing a split in the wrong place. No, no, nothing like that. It's just that the majority of my work smart wardrobe uh, comes from either hand-me-downs or things that my mum's made. My mum makes a lot of my clothes. Uh, I'm not actually wearing anything she's worn today, but she makes me a lot of really nice clothes. Mm. Later on tonight, I'll be wearing my fantastic sparkly outfit um, made by my mum for me. She makes, she's really good at it. Um, but sometimes she does things to use up materials or sometimes she might use materials that I might not have chosen myself. <laughs> so I do have this one pair of trousers that I wear them. I think it's good to have the clothes you have and wear them out as long as possible because, you know, we don't we don't always need to, to buy new things if we don't need them. Fast fashion is bad for the environment. Exactly, exactly. And bad for, you know, the working conditions that people have to make so many clothes. Um, anyway, I have these trousers. They are, they fit me quite well. They're, you know, they're, the, the, the pattern, the shape is good. The material is, it's purpley brown, sort of like crocodile skin, texture, leathery <laughs> texture thing. It's very thin, so it's all right for summer, but it does look kind of glossy. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's all right if I wear it with a, with a loud top that <laughs> takes away the det- attention from it, but... Um, <laughs> Too bad, too bad, two wrongs make a right. That kind of vibe. But uh, <laughs> but um, I'd say that's probably one of my least favorite items of clothing that I wear. But I do wear it regularly because I just cycle through my stuff and hope that eventually it'll wear out and then I can put it to one side. I know my mum doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just to add. Um, but I'm sure she wouldn't be offended. I'm not sure what she thinks about these trousers. She's also quite pragmatic. She probably thought I have to use this up somehow. Who'll, who'll be most likely to wear what it? it Which sucker will wear it? It, she buys material like in big long long reams okay. but in medicine we <clears throat> kind of put our, our our clothes are at risk of things happening to them that you know in certain other occupations you might not have that risk right so you guys who are like actual doctors you've been vomited on mm. have you been bled on <laughs> yeah. i actually haven't been yeah. i actually I have been too far, from, far away from the <laughs> patients <laughs> wow <laughs> stay away from the patients that is actually not true <laughs> when i when i was a foundation doctor um i was working a and e and i definitely did get vomited on. yeah i'm definitely so we have scrubs in a and e i think yeah. for that for that specific reason <laughs> Um, I was actually once sent off of a ward because I wasn't wearing a button-down blouse. Um, I was just wearing like a smart top mm. with like short sleeves and everything. No um, buttons. Yeah, there was no <laughs> buttons, so I was sent off the ward. So That's I think unreal. that there are like, you know, yeah. sometimes there's slightly tricky like nuances, and you don't really know about that if mm. you're a medical student who's just kind of going in and out. Of uh, I mean, it's it's subjective as well, isn't it? So probably wrongly for one of my exams i did wear black skinny jeans so i had a shirt and like smart shoes but i think my trousers were like just, like really wrinkled or something so i just put on black skinny jeans because it actually looked quite smart but then i did get we had a thing called like soft which was basically like it doesn't affect your grades but it's a you need to not do this in the future mm. and i did get a soft warning for wearing skinny jeans in my exams and it's kind of subjective, isn't it, really? Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, sometimes you can wear coloured jeans that look a bit like coloured chinos, mm. and the material is different, but when they get worn out, like when they get a little bit faded at the knees or whatever, it starts to show their jeans, and then mm. suddenly th- that code is a bit different, and suddenly seen as something that's not as smart, yeah. right? Mm. So no, that's, think... that's where you think about function over fashion. Like, mm. if you're working in paediatrics, you want to bend quite a lot, so then you wouldn't really wear jeans. Mm. Um 
but you do want pockets. I think oh, start, pockets. starting oh, as a foundation doctor and mm. not having pockets was like the mm. worst yeah. thing. Um, I do remember this girl actually in my foundation um, score. She used to have like a construction belt she used to wear. One really? side had an Oxford handbook. Um, one side had <laughs> pens and everything. The other side had a stethoscope. And everyone just used to stare at her <laughs> walking down the corridor. Where can I purchase? Oh, it sounds like a great <laughs> idea though, doesn't it? Literally yeah. around you because she didn't like having those side bags. You know, you see females yeah. carrying those side bags and she used to get a lot of shoulder pain. So then she started wearing this construction belt, but it's quite bizarre. I had a classmate who said that right at the beginning of clinical, she was like, okay, Lara, sit down. What do you think of this idea? NHS issue, fanny packs. I think it's future, right? (laughs) I do think that that is cool. If you just get them... Get your name embroidered. Yeah, oh, gorgeous little NHS logo (laughs) in that classy blue that goes with everything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Even my red brown trousers. (laughs) (laughs) And I think for some people, um, it is maybe more challenging than others to like figure out what you're supposed to wear because Mm -hmm. I know that for a lot of people that I know who are, you know, in my class at med school and stuff, like I'll see them on the weekend in their like quote unquote civvies and they'll look as if you know, the same as they do on a weekday, they'll look like they would be fine to go and see patients because that's just their style. But for me, like, I had basically two separate wardrobes because Mm. the kind of stuff I would wear on a day-to-day basis is, like, definitely not suitable for seeing patients, be that because of fashion or because of function. So what about you guys, Declan? You were nodding emphatically at that. I mean, I had to undress like I should see patients, typically. Um, <laughs> I'm mean, laughing because I'm looking at you. Yeah. And I'm yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> you look quite smart today. Did you you? I put a shirt on, which is a rare occasion, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm similar. All of mine are hand-me-down shirts from my auntie's boyfriend. Um, and a pair of trousers and some shoes. I think it's actually easier for guys, though, because, you know, it's a shirt, mm. trousers, and smart shoes and that's kind of what's expected and mm. I, I guess I don't know girls have more options yeah I think that's definitely that. true and Davina you look yeah. very smart and you have you did say earlier that you had uh, won something <laughs> special today but yes. you look you know you obviously you've got like long sleeves on but yeah. you could easily see patients in that dress if it wasn't so nice and you obviously didn't want to get it into like a hospital environment would you say that you're like you can interchange your wardrobes quite a lot. Yeah, so like I was telling you earlier, I like a bit of colour in my wardrobe. Mm. Um, So I feel when patients are speaking to me, I give out that positive vibe. Wearing smart clothes instills a confidence in them, in me. Mm. And um, I feel more confident, basically. Mm. So while I was doing research for this podcast, I looked up like various different places, dress codes. Um, The British Medical Association does produce a dress code, um, but it's really like brief and vague. Um, And mostly I think that we just pick up how more senior students or how we see doctors dressing on the wards. Um, And I wondered like, particularly Davino, because Mm -hmm. you're a GP trainee, Mm -hmm. so you have done, you know, stuff in GP practices, stuff in the hospital. Do you think that there's different standards for like different areas? Like, would you wear something different to clinic Mm -hmm. or compared to ward work? Yes, definitely. So for example, if I'm working in A&E, I'll definitely wear some scrubs if there's going to be sort of vomiting or anything like that. Um, Obzingani on the labour ward, again, wear scrubs. Again, if I'm on a surgical ward, I'll wear scrubs. 
when I'm in clinic, sometimes I get out the heels, but it'll be a short heel. Um, but I can put a shirt on, I can put a dress on, pinafore, and I feel um, that's my time to actually dress like I feel like a doctor then. And um, the BMA does have a bit of advice around that. Mm. Um, but we ha- also have to show our own characteristics. We don't want to all be wearing the same uniform. So having that, whether it's a pop of colour or a tiny piece of jewellery, I think that's fine, in clinics especially. One thing I've always wondered, because um, one thing that I do kind of lack in my smart wardrobe is warm layers, because mm-hmm. most of my placements have been in hospital, and in hospital I never need a warm layer because it's so warm anyway. Mm. But then I get chilly on GP placements. Um, and I have one cardi, but it's a very patterned cardi. It doesn't go, every, with, every, doesn't go with everything that I have I have lots of colors as well mm-hmm. um and so I've often thought like GP clinic might be the most appropriate place that I can think of where I could wear a fleece jumper mm-hmm. I can't imagine wearing a fleece jumper in any hospital setting or in a hospital clinic but I feel like in a GP clinic particularly in one that isn't in London or another big city somewhere that is in yeah, a town yeah. or smaller you could get away with wearing a fleece jumper what do you think about that is that something you've seen um having a jumper with a shirt underneath maybe mm. that's fine mm. um but i feel some doctors like to break down that barrier to really help that doctor patient relationship and if they feel that you dressed a bit casually they can talk to you about confidential mm. things a bit more so that's quite nice to do that in a gp practice mm. and i think you've brought up another thing like how context-based it is because you know it's different if you're on a ward like a labor ward Mm. or surgery and then other wards that when you're doing ward cover you might wear just your normal smart clothes clinic again is different and what you're saying is like oh maybe if I was you know somewhere in the countryside I might actually wear something different again and it it's kind of about like adapting to the patients that you're going to see right because that's what it's all about at the end of the day isn't it like the advice is vague and what we pick up from our colleagues is vague but it seems like often we fall back on this relying principle of what would your patients want Mm. And that seems to be like a really hard thing to put your, put a finger on, mm. doesn't it? And actually, when I there's there's been a lot of discussion um, about this on Twitter recently, and um, someone who is a GP was saying that um, when she does clinics at the weekend, so when she does Saturday morning clinic, she wears jeans, mm. and she would never wear that in the week just to mm. mark that it's like it's the weekend and it's slightly different. And I just <laughs> thought that that was amazing. Really um, jeans at work. Yeah. What? <laughs> I've seen a GP actually wear her gym gear because she's promoting that sort of lifestyle and she actually has a standing desk in her practice as well. So um, she comes straight from the gym and she does a whole clinic in gym gear, really, promoting that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think patients... What, like, what do you think patients think about that? Um, I'm not quite sure what they actually think about that. Um, If I saw it, I'll be thinking... Was she running late or something? <laughs> yeah, you could take yeah. either way. Yeah, you could take either way. Yeah. I also think just in terms of the wards, that you're saying function, I yeah. think that's extremely important. Mm. Because I think especially for people when they first start in like, med school and they're mm. nervous and all mm. this, you get very sweaty on the wards. <laughs> At least I got very sweaty on the yeah, wards. Yeah, this is something that you have already spoken about before right. we started <laughs> recording. <laughs> it's sweat. sweat <laughs> but definitely for guys, yeah, yeah. in terms of, like, colours of shirts to wear, like, pink is such a no-go mm-hmm. until you've at least reached a few, like, a few weeks in, in clinical <laughs> practice and when, when a consultant's shouting at you, you're not, like, dripping of sweat. <laughs> so I think... Black and black and white is always a good go-to. 
avoid avoid the blue avoid blue and avoid pink that's a very practical that is extremely practical because i have been on the wrong side of that so many times and having to dry yourself in the toilet (laughs) because you got grilled is uh, not not a great thing that's a lovely image (laughs) (laughs) another practical tip is getting comfortable shoes as a a foundation doctor you're running up and down the wards your bleep goes off definitely need practical comfortable shoes do you guys have a favorite shoe brand or shoe type that is your go-to if you need new shoes for the wards so we were just saying um when i started foundation years i bought these new shoes thinking oh i'll get some new shoes i'm a new doctor now and i got blisters at the end of the week (laughs) (laughs) corns on my toes it was absolutely horrendous um but hush puppies are quite a comfortable, spongy base. Mm. I do like those type of shoes. Or trainers when you're wearing scrubs. Trainers. That is trainers. so weird that suddenly that's okay as soon as you're wearing scrubs. Who makes these rules? No. <laughs> we make them for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, this is what this is what we're slowly gathering, yes. We set our own rules. No, but trainers. Trainers are a good go-to. And could, I mean, there are some kind of smart trainers you can get these days. Mm. Could you get away with wearing smart, tra- uh, smart so. trainers? As long as they're not bright pink trainers. or white or mm. whatever. Yeah, I mm. think so. To be honest, I think most, like, you're always a bit worried that your consultant's going to kick off or something and be like, that's inappropriate. And actually, my friend in first year of med school did ask, was asked to leave the ward because he was wearing, like, white high tops. Mm. And mm. the consultant did say he has to go home and change his shoes. But I think as long as they're kind of black and you know like not too in your face mm-hmm. and the rest of you is looking professional i think most people are actually fine with that because yeah. i mean you're working 12 and a half hour shifts like you have to be comfortable and i remember when infection control used to come round. if girls were wearing those dolly shoes they told us we had to change our shoes because needles could fall onto your feet yeah so we had to change our shoes not just needles yeah. actually i yeah. have actually had um a, a urine splattering mm. but I was wearing boots that's fine just give them yeah. a wipe down with yeah, Pernod wipes would, and you yeah. feel fine make sure they're waterproof yeah. and fluid yeah because a lot of, a lot of trainers <laughs> are like like I know that my trainers I actually run in are not that waterproof because if mm-hmm. I run through a puddle my feet get wet mm. so yeah. I wouldn't wear them like yeah, on the no. wards but you can put you can put trainers in the washing machine yes whereas I'd feel weird about putting my boots in the washing machine yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I do think it's like your comfort is the most important thing really because when I, I had some new loafers and I was, work, what's it, working them in, breaking them in? Breaking them And in, I was yeah. bleeding and everything. It was so <laughs> painful, man. So you're becoming an infection control problem <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just leaving trails of blood oh, behind the loafers. Yeah. That but that like, actually <laughs> affected my like performance because yeah. it was so painful yeah. and so uncomfortable and yeah. I couldn't really think properly. Yeah. Um, so your comfort is, is pretty important. And surgeons invest in clogs. They buy their own little scrub mm. shoes. Um, which look quite comfortable as well. Mm. My sister, who is a newly qualified nurse, actually gave me a really good tip about shoes, which I would never have even thought of. So shout out to my sister, Holly, if you're listening. Um, So she has just worked um, her first sort of night shifts as a new nurse. And she said that it's so annoying when the... Um, doctors come down the corridor and they have really noisy shoes oh, in the I'm, middle of the night I'm one of and they're like clip-clopping down yeah. the corridor and waking all the patients <laughs> up so she was like when I mentioned to her that I was doing this um podcast about clothes she was like make sure you say that people should buy shoes that make you you know allow you to walk quietly around mm-hmm. rather I'm than change my shoes what I'm, do you think I'm the one on the ward where you can literally hear me walk maybe around. like making an entrance yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 maybe that's <laughs> your thing <laughs> The clip 
goes before yeah. it and he leaves a trail of blood behind. It's, fun, it's, <laughs> it's funny though, like I walk on the wall and you literally see everyone turn their head. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what, what do you think is worse? A clip clop or a squeaky squeak? A squeaky squeak. I can't stand a squeaky yeah. squeak. But maybe, I mean, the clip sometimes it can be so loud and you can imagine if it's like the middle of the mm. night and you're a patient mm. and you're trying to sleep and it like wakes it's, you up like every hour when the doctors come around considered but yeah yeah, no, yeah. Fair enough. so i said that i was like that is not something i even would have thought mm. of but mm. there we go changed I'm, practice i'm, I'm sorry holly i'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> get some new shoes <laughs> okay cool so we're gonna discuss the uk's lack of white coats but that will be right after this How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. So another thing that I um, sort of looked into when I was doing the research for this podcast was um, when the whole bear below the elbows came in. Um, And it was actually a lot more recently than I guess I imagined it was. Mm -hmm. So the rule came in in 2007. And it seems to be around that time that, you know, white coats kind of fell out of fashion. to wear as doctors in the UK because you can get short sleeve white coats. So when I was on placement um, at Guy's and St Thomas's, the medical students have like these weird like sort of white tunic, short sleeve tunic things that are a bit like white coats, which were amazing because they had massive pockets and they said medical mm. student on them. Yeah. Um, but other placements I've had where we don't have any indication like that, um, I have like been mistaken for a doctor and people have assumed I'm a doctor so actually when I was in first year it was the first time I'd ever been on hospital placement I was 18 like um the nurses took me in to see this patient that I'd been asked to go and see and was like oh here's this lovely young doctor um she's going to tell you all about what's going to happen to you and when you're going to be able to go home (laughs) and I was like no I'm not (laughs) I just said I was a first year medical student (laughs) why are you going to do me like this Um, (laughs) and then I had to you know explain to the poor patient that that wasn't what was going to happen and they still did have to wait to see the actual doctor um so obviously there's sort of certain downsides to doctors and medical students all wearing their own clothes and particularly I think there's a lot of like graduate entry medical students now who maybe look a bit older as well um Laura have you ever been mistaken for a doctor I mean it just it's something that just happens so often that I don't even remember a time that it happened uh, you know it's just it it's so normal to for to have to like introduce yourself really quickly to sort of mm. you see that image of relief in a patient's face and you just kind of quickly introduce yourself to get the disappointment over quickly um and actually that probably most recently happened to me in my gp placement last week um sort of the setup where two med students run a clinic and then the doctor comes in a bit later to hear a presentation and hear and come up with a management plan and 
we often found that one of us would do the consultation and patients would often assume that the person typing on the computer, the other one of us med students in the pair, was in fact the doctor um, and would often like direct their conversation towards the person typing who they might have thought was the doctor. Um, and it's, I mean, it's completely understandable. You know, patients would probably turn up to a student appointment thinking that the doctor would be there too. But, you know, you just got to say, you just got to say straight away because there's not really many other ways to tell. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I often think about like nursing students and nurses and obviously they wear uniforms and whilst patients might not know exactly which colour corresponds to, you know, which level of nurse, they, you know, you know that that person is a nurse like it's obvious from the moment you look at them um and physios as well like I always think when I see the physios I always get a bit jealous because they have like the best Mm. uniform they wear like comfortable polo shirts comfortable trainers it says physiotherapist at least in my experience of like places Mm. that I've been I don't know if that's like a universal thing physios have great stash yeah it is known yeah and um in other countries they like a lot of other countries around the world they do still wear white coats for doctors so I know a lot of people I know who are about to go on elective have had to buy white coats to wear um, when they go away that happened to me actually so I did my elective in Mauritius and I was told to um, actually purchase a white coat so they knew that I was a doctor so I get mistaken actually for a medical (laughs) student quite often um, probably because I just have that baby face and I look quite (laughs) young so that's when I probably wish I was wearing a white coat because no one really takes me seriously sometimes unless I have my stethoscope on me Um, but you have that perception of a doctor in the white coat, like you see in Scrubs or House, and you have that entourage of junior doctors all mm. dressed in white coats. Mm. Um, but there is a huge infection risk associated with it, and we are moving away from it. But we still need to ensure that we dress smart enough so they realise we are still doctors. I mean, my mother trained in the Netherlands, um, where white coats are more common, but you left them at the hospital and they were washed, mm. kind of like Scrubs are in the UK. That sounds like it'd be a similar especially if they were short sleeved mm-hmm. um coats or if we wore scrub tops or like scrub like you're the tunics that you guys mm. wore as med students and in kings yeah. that sounds a bit like a scrub top right yeah and recently i was speaking with someone who is a medical student at the university of manchester um and they were saying that at certain hospitals that you can get placed at they actually have like a a uniform for medical students and Mm. it's grey scrubs Mm. and it says medical student on it and it gets left at the hospital Mm. at the end of the day um to be washed but like that's what they wear no matter what they're doing even if they're sitting in on clinics and stuff so that people sort of instantly know who they are I mean that sounds just so practical Mm. but like I think the the biggest blocker towards this is sort of infrastructure you Mm. know that hospitals don't have the capacity to have more washing machines and more staff to be able to do more white coats or different kinds of scrubs or things like that like that's that's the vibe I get that that's Mm. why white coats were always an individual's responsibility rather than something that you could leave at the hospital yeah yeah but you know the white coat that you take home and you wear multiple days in a row that does sound a bit that's a bit gross isn't it yeah Yeah. so so were the I actually have no idea about this but were they removed for infection control risk or were they removed because I guess in the UK we try to promote less of a paternalistic kind of care towards patients and then uh, I guess you know when you were saying about house and all of these mm-hmm. other ones you know patients or the the image is a patient lying in the bed mm. a consultant with a white coat looking over them 
Mm. Yeah, and so hold that thought because that's what we'll be talking about next time. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get down to the nitty gritty practical stuff. Say you're going out to buy some clothes for placement or for work. What's going through your head? And there's going to be a few kind of different perspectives here because as you touched on earlier, Declan, I think it is slightly different, like for men and women. So, Laura, when you first start, because you have a very like distinct um, preclinical clinical, right, at Cambridge. Mm, Yeah, that's right. So did you like go out and think, oh, I need to get X, Y and Z for clinical yeah smart trousers was like the one thing that i was lacking a lot of i hadn't had any smart trousers since high school since secondary school so um i was looking for (laughs) trousers with pockets that was like the biggest thing that i was looking for when i was asking my mum to make me some trousers when i was going out looking for secondhand trousers um pockets how you know i Either you have trousers that are a bit too tight, and so even if the pockets are big, you can't get anything in the pockets anyway. Mm. Um, or the pockets are too are not deep enough. That's very very common. Or the pockets are just pretend. How common is oh, that with women's yeah, clothing? Women, even gosh. including women's yeah. smart clothing. I probably shouldn't right? know that, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm I am pleased that you know that, Declan. I think it's something that everyone should be aware of. Yeah, these, yeah. This struggle. Um, so pockets was like my number one factor when I was thinking about smart clothes, and then when it came to tops, I was often thinking about. I mean, it, is this going to be awkward if I have to lean over a patient? Is mm. it gonna mm. is is a patient going to get a view that I didn't want them to have mm. um, down my top? Mm-hmm. Um, so it and that's something else that's different. If you're running a clinic and yeah. you're sat and you have full control over what someone else can see, but then as soon as you're thinking about bending over, then like the length of your dress or the depth of your neckline, like that when you're moving around a lot more those kind of things are the kind of things I was thinking about when mm. I was shopping for yeah. new and like tops, seriously with skirts like they can look completely fine yeah when you're like standing but as soon as you bend over or you know yeah. they they don't even have to be that short no. to actually a knee be length quite skirt revealing. can show your pants if you bend over yeah like, and that's mm. just that's you know, a yeah. lesson that you might have to learn the hard way, yeah. like I did. That's so get someone to get someone to come <laughs> with you. <laughs> I, I genuinely think this is a tip. If you're going to buy clothes for clinical, get someone to go with you. Mm-hmm. And like, it sounds so stupid, but in the changing rooms, like I was literally like doing lunges and stuff in trousers to see <laughs> if, you know, they if were going to be yeah. comfortable, <laughs> there was going to be a range of movement. Stop laughing. <laughs> I've just got like a mental image of like your friend pretending to be a patient on a bed in the changing rooms and you're just doing all these examinations. <laughs> <laughs> like doing their cranial nerves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tapping yeah. on their chest, yeah. <laughs> Davina, have you ever um, gone for like the little bag or you talked about the construction belt, but I do yeah. see a lot of like female doctors with like little bags so talking about trousers actually um so I actually struggled to find trousers that actually fit me and I think Mm. that's quite a problem for females whether it's the length of it or the fit on the thighs or just the pockets are too big or something so I always I have always gone for like pinaforms or Mm. um dresses really Mm. and having these side bags or whether you have like a clipboard where you can open up and put all your notes in it Mm. are other ways that you can carry things without having pockets which Mm. I've seen a lot of um, foundation doctors do Um, so that's the kind of style I've always gone for pinaforms and sort of dresses like that and it's also that flexibility of bending because you're wearing tights 
so it was never restrictive having tight skirts or tight trousers so mm. that's my tip mm. Declan what about you do you want to Chime in for the men. For, you've already told guy, us about that. You've already told us about the colours. Sweat, I mean, sweat to, to related. I think guys can get away with a bag as well. You know, I think. I'm going to see a pinafore. I mean, guys, <laughs> yeah, you know, do what do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think because often kind of girls will wear like quite not baggy but like trousers that you know have quite a bit of room for comfort, and they do tend to have fairly big pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys yeah. who have these. Like you know, like suit trousers, they don't tend to actually have much room in them, and they don't have a lot of give either. Yeah, they're do not they? like stretchy. yeah, yeah, they're quite they're quite like stiff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in third year, I actually did take a little man bag around hey, with me. Fair, that was yeah. also because was that I was a shoulder like, one or like a does it say around, rage against the machine around on the it? shoulder? No, it didn't. <laughs> um, but that was also for practical reasons because my vision was poor at that time. Mm-hmm. So I had an iPad, which I then took pictures of things and enlarged them. So it was actually yeah. for practical reasons as well. Um, but you do always see like the neurologists and stuff carrying around a, a bag because they have the tendon hammers and they've got all the different mm. bits of equipment. And so I think it looks pretty dope, doesn't it? They look yeah, when they turn up to work with a bit of briefcase of tools. Yeah, I think they look quite cool. So I wouldn't <laughs> restrict um, bags to just to just females. I think guys, if you want a bag, just go for it. Um, but then otherwise, working as an F1 on a ward, I think just comfort is like mm. priority. So good shoes. Um, I mean, I like my skinny trousers, but if they're skinny, comfortable, yeah. um, and a shirt that doesn't show sweat. So I would advise <laughs> white or black, or you can have some like white with blue stripes, but just avoid avoid blue and avoid pink. Especially just when, until you've got especially, an especially yeah. just until you've like settled in because yeah. you're gonna be sweating. Actually, you're talking about bags, and when I'm on gynae on call, we actually have a rucksack, and we have all our speculums and little swabs yeah. in it, and we walk around the hospital, and it says gynae on my bleep number, and I, I look like a yeah. kid even more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though, although you think, like, it's a bit dangerous to have your bleep number, like, yeah, because yeah, everyone would just be like, <laughs> we'll just bleep them. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I wanted to say about the practicality of clothes, and this is like, I'm not a very practical person, um, so it was very difficult for me to buy clothes that were going to be suitable for the hospital. Um, but also another thing to think about is what temperature you can wash them on, mm-hmm. because I yeah, because I bought a load of like nice little little coloured jumpers, like you know put them all in the wash at 60 degrees and they came out like oh, <laughs> ready for death. Oh, no. I mean, it it's something that you have to consider, okay? Because yeah. I usually wash everything on 30 degrees because I want to save the planet. But you feel like if something's been in the, the hospital... I'm sorry, just... just I, I agree, you should do that. <laughs> just, you know, if you, personally, I'm going to save the planet by washing everything at 30 degrees. Well, together. Every little help. Yeah, every no, little I agree. Help. I know it does, it does, it does. Anyway, if something... But I always feel like if I've worn something in the hospital to see patients, you know, I need to wash it on, like, a slightly higher temperature just to make sure that all of the, like, bugs are killed and stuff. Um, so, yeah, just make sure that your clothes can be washed at 60 degrees or higher because mm. you don't want to spend loads of money on jumpers and then them to fit a teddy bear and not you and I also had this really weird situation where I washed these I 
This was a separate occasion, by the way. Um, I washed these. You're really bad at laundry. I'm terrible at laundry. <laughs> I washed this this jumper. It was a really nice jumper, and when it came out, like the body was fine, but the arms were like double the length. <laughs> So I just had these, like, long jumper arms. And I still, to this day, do not understand how that happened. So, I mean, that was just a fluke. I don't think you can screen your jumpers for that. But it's a consideration. That's a good practical tip there, Anna. The laundry, the laundry one. Laundry. That's good. I'd never yeah. thought of that before. Yeah. yeah. And I also think, like, if you have the means to and you find a great pair of trousers, buy, like, mm. two or three of them, mm. like, yeah. if you can. Yeah. Because it's it's, like... It is worth it. It's no well, go to charity shops as well. To be yeah, fair. I don't definitely. think people need to spend loads of money. Like, basically, all of my work clothes are like hand-me-downs from mm. big, like black bags that my family mm. send mm. around each other. Mm. So yeah, like especially for guys, you can get kind of standard shirts for like two quid from like Oxfam or something. Yeah. Like, mm. I wouldn't. Uh, you definitely don't need to spend loads of money. Yeah. So, Laura. You're going to be heading out to buy any new placement clothes imminently? I already told you, I've got way too many. I've got plenty <laughs> of clothes for now. But when um, when I finish, I think one of my first purchases, when I have a junior doctor salary, when I, when I get paid, I think one of my first purchases will be a pair of new shoes. Because, you know, I wear these boots nearly every day and I wear them at weekends as well. I think they'll last me my last year of med school, especially if I look after them. But then I'm quite excited to hopefully get some spenny, nice boots i'll probably have to break them in a bit but they'll last me like a long time and be super comfy and go with all my outfits so yeah that's i'm quite excited to get my first pair of nice nice shoes when i become a new doctor <laughs> that is very exciting very exciting yeah i can't wait to see your shoes now <laughs> yeah yeah just yeah, you I wait just you wait I'll tweet we have it. to wait like a I'll year and a half but yeah. we'll, we'll all we'll all be ready for i'll tweet it with a little uh, little plug for this podcast yeah in a year and a half's time <laughs> what about you declan I mean, I've kind of got my stuff sorted. Mm. I might crack out the bag, you know. It's, it's the still, it's still yeah. in my cupboard, yeah. so I uh, could yeah. always crack out the bag. But no, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty sorted. Davina, do you have any final practical thoughts about clothes for our listeners? So yeah, as we've already spoken about, um, shoes, comfortable shoes, um, having pockets in your trousers, keep your own style. You don't have to be all in black or anything like that you can have a bit of who are you looking at that is my style (laughs) that is that is that is me keeping my own style you are also allowed to wear all black everyone's faces just like (laughs) turn towards me okay Um, and if you do want a little shoulder bag or even a clipboard with a folder i think these are all practical tips when you're a foundation doctor and i think you'll learn as you go along and you can recycle the clothes have the same wardrobe it's fine Mm. So that's all from us on Sharp Scratch today. If you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts. And in two weeks time, you'll get our next episode straight to your phone. While you wait for our next episode, why not check us out on social media? We're BMJ Student on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag Sharp Scratch. We'd love to hear your ideas for what we should cover later on in the season. It's also really helpful to us if you leave a rating and a review on Apple Pods or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other med students find the show. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of us in the studio. Bye. 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 We're doing a... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
we do a group goodbye now? Yeah, I don't we know. did a group goodbye last time you no, were we here. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. I don't think I've ever done a group goodbye. Can you leave all of this in, please? Can you edit this out? <laughs> we know that no one listens to this bit anyway. So, <laughs> bye. Goodbye. Okay, bye. See you later. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of us in the studio. Bye. 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 Goodbye. <laughs> that was a <laughs>